Get Out of Your Own Way with Brittany A. Johnson is a weekly podcast where we learn all the ways we ourselves trip and stumble and get in our own way and what we can do to get out of it. Stay tuned. Welcome to this week's episode. So this week's episode is going to be related to current events, but also some things that we can talk about for our broader lives. So this week I want to talk about this feeling of helplessness, hopelessness, when to get involved, when not to get involved, how to identify your role, and and how to be comfortable in what you decide to do. So in the last few months, in the United States and around the world, there's been an increased tension and increased presence and an increased response to racism that has existed for hundreds of years. But here lately with the you know camera phones and more people being aware and more people starting to do their own research and, and stop just believing what they've been told, we've had an increase of, of outrage around the recent deaths of unarmed black individuals in the United States. And while some people will argue that, you know, if you just follow the law, that, you know, you won't have these things happen. Uh, many of us who are identified as black or people of color, we know that that is simply not true. We know that we can, at this point, the list has grown so far, I can't even tell you all the things that at this point you could be stopped by the police or killed by the police, or in some cases, killed by individuals who are acting on behalf of the police. And so for many of us, we have had this increased kind of feeling of wanting to do something, wanting to be involved, but not really sure how to, not sure what our role should be. Uh, we can go in, in, in several directions with that conversation, but I want to focus today really on what to do with the helplessness or hopelessness if you're feeling that, because I've talked to quite a bit of people in my own circle in the last few days, and many of us are openly talking about how we are feeling, just this increased pressure, increased tenseness, just all over our bodies are hurting, our minds are hurting, our hearts are hurting, just around this uneasiness of we know we cannot go back to what it's been, but what do we do going forward? How do we how do we live each day? How do we get involved if we want to get involved? How do we be okay if we won't don't want to get involved? And so just thinking about how that has impacted people that I know directly really just I couldn't let this week go without talking about it here with you all because at this point you guys have listened for a month now so you you get you're getting used to me you're getting used to how this goes and hopefully you know and understand that my perspective is going to be my perspective yes it's backed with some scientific mental health knowledge but I'm still an, a human at the end of the day. And so some of these are just simply going to be my experiences, but I also want to bring you some just mental health based information about how this works. When we talk about helplessness or hopelessness, this is not necessarily a thing where you physically can't do something. This is where in your mind and in your body, you just have this general sense of like, I am not sure what to do. I am not sure which way to go. I'm not sure what my role should be. Do I even have a role? I don't even know what to do if I wanted to do something. And I know I have heard this for ages and I've even had this conversation with my own children and my own husband and close male friends and family 
Well, we've discussed like, what do you do if you encounter someone who was just outright racist? Because it's a different set of rules if you're dealing with somebody who is just kind of outright letting you know that they don't like you or they don't, you know, believe in, in integrations. But it's totally different when you can't necessarily put your finger on what's happening. And again, that's a whole other conversation, but we call those microaggressions. But sometimes those microaggressions is what leads to us feeling this feeling of like, I'm just not sure what to do. And that's also what we call a helpless feeling or a hopeless feeling. And that hopelessness also comes into play when you think about we have been marching and asking and trying to be peaceful for some 50 years now. And it seems like we are still at the same spot. Now, I know I can look and see that we've made lots of advances, but it sometimes feels like we are still just stuck in the 1950s or the 1960s and there hasn't been much change. Again, I can look it up. I know that there's been change. And so, but that feeling still shows up for many of us when we are faced with day in and day out, how do I survive? And so I want to tell you, if you are a religious person or a spiritual person, that's where you get to utilize that aspect of your life. You get to pray for additional comfort. You get to use, you know, prayer or meditation for kind of refilling your tank, kind of giving you kind of a sense of safety and security. And in those quiet moments, our brains can do what they're designed to do, which is to give us little nuggets. So even earlier today for myself, um, I took an hour to meditate this morning and I just kind of sat there in quiet and stillness because I myself was kind of feeling kind of overwhelmed and hopeless at the moment about, now what do we do? We've got this movement going, we've got this momentum going, what do we do with it? What do I need to do with it as an individual? What do I need to encourage people in my circle to do? And if you listen to a few weeks ago, we talked about your tribe. What is, what is my tribe? What should we be doing? And so during that meditation time, I was able to really identify some things that work for me and that I'm going to do. And I may share those later or I may not. And so when you think about this thing of hopelessness and helplessness, though, Definitely sit with yourself and use whatever's in your resource tool to kind of refill yourself. If that means you need to turn social media off for a little while, then turn social media off. If that means that you need to, you know, pull out some old movies and watch old movies, then do that. For some people, researching and reading history books and history information is what is helpful for them. So whatever it is that's helpful for you, that's what I want you to, to do for yourself to kind of help with that helplessness and hopelessness feeling that you're having. So now that we've kind of talked about that, let's get into what should your role be? What do you want your role to be? Should you go out and protest? Should you do something different? So the thing I definitely want to make sure that I say here and I highlight later and I continue to say, and if you don't get anything else out of this podcast, that you get to understand that that is a personal decision that you have to make. Now, I'm definitely going to give you some things to think about on how to decide what to do, but I definitely want you to hear me loud and clear when I say that your decision on how you get involved, if you get involved at all, is a personal decision and you have to be comfortable with it. I know that sounds easy, but it is definitely not easy when you are listening to people and reading things and hearing things. And, and the message seems to be consistent that everyone should be on the front lines protesting right now. And everyone should be out marching, locking arms, praying, singing, doing whatever you know that, that happens during a protest. But I'm here to tell you that that is not effective for everyone. There are some of us 
And I'm going to use us for all of these categories because I don't want anyone to feel alienated. But there are some of us that the way our brains work with anger and with fear and when we have that sense of danger. And again, if you've listened to last week's episode on anxiety, we know that underneath anger is fear and danger. And so if you if that is you, if you are in that category, then you already know that st- being on a front line with potential involvement with police, potential involvement with counter protesters, potential involvement with any opposition or conflict is going to send you up that ladder on anger, then you're going to become a danger to yourself and the people around you. So it's definitely okay and appropriate for you not to be on the front lines. So hear me clear and say, if you know that is you, if you are in that category, please let that be known to yourself that it is okay because you will be counterproductive at that point if you are out there and you are losing your temper and you're so angry that you you become the issue that they're focusing on as opposed to what they're there for. So again, if you're in that category, it is okay that you are not in a position to be out there. And, and sit with yourself and let yourself know that, hey, I know that I can go work on my anger, but I can't work on it fast enough to be able to go on the front lines and protest. So I'm going to do something different. So that's when you get to sit, and this is going to be the same for every category. You get to sit and say, what is in my wheelhouse that I can do to help this cause? Do I have it in my budget to donate? Am I better? Do I need to be out on the on the front lines, but maybe not directly at a protest? Can I be the person that is somewhere handing out water? Can I be the person that is serving as a medic? Can I be the person that's just serving as transportation? Look at things that you can do in that category that has you still out there, if that's what your need and desire is, that also keeps you from becoming a problem for the, for the movement. Because the last thing we, we need or want is someone who is not equipped to be out and get themselves in trouble or others. Because once you're in the, in, on the front lines of a protest, every decision you make impacts everyone around you. So again, if that's you, it is okay. Let yourself know it's okay. And, and do what you need to do. Again, you can be the transportation. You can donate money. You can donate time other places. You can be the person that sits on Facebook and posts everything. If that's what you need to do, then that's what you do for yourself. And be okay with that. So I just mentioned it briefly, but I definitely want to mention again. So sit with yourself when you're trying to identify what is the best way for me to be involved. And think about what you have in your wheelhouse. What what skill set do you possess that could be useful for the movement? So for teachers, if you don't want to be on the front lines, but you still want to be involved, you can be the person that is helping to gather educational information. You can get involved by maybe being the person to create or type or proofread the documents that are going to go out. You can help with the training process for for protesters or for people who are involved. Again, you could just be posting on your social media things about how racism is impacting the educational system or the meaning behind these things. You can do whatever is, again, in your wheelhouse, in your skill set to do. If you are like some, some, some of us that I know that we are best suited in the prayer closet praying, then that is what your role is. Your role is to be in that prayer closet praying and asking for protection, asking for forgiveness, whatever it is that you want to pray for, or you feel like the people need, that's in your wheelhouse. If you are someone that is good with, with manual labor, maybe your contribution is you donate to the cause with, with helping to do some manual labor stuff. There are so many ways that people can be involved with you know protesting that 
the, the options really are endless for what people can do. But it's really important, and I know I've said it before, but I'm going to say it again right here. It's important that you do what is in your wheelhouse and that you do not let other people make you feel guilty because you can't protest the way that they're going to protest. I've seen so many people in the last few days who are in the medical field who are showing up to just be medics on site. They're showing up to just make sure that people are physically healthy while they're out there. That is a part of it, too. Everyone, again, doesn't need the bullhorn to be yelling and doing the talking and getting people motivated because some of us just are not motivating people. Let's just also be honest with that. Again, it's just extremely important that you identify what works best for you and what fits in within where your mental health is and what your physical health is and what you know you can handle because we know ourselves. And it's the most important thing to do and the most responsible thing to do is to make sure that your contribution is actually a contribution and not a liability. Because again, that is dangerous when you are working so closely next to other people. At that moment, everybody's lives are in everybody's in each other's hands. And so it's extremely important that we do what works for us and what's best for us. And so someone asked me the other day if I was going to go protest and go on the front lines. And I told the person, like, honestly, if I could, I would. But I know that I am best suited with making sure that that the mental health of people is is taken care of and that during the protest and when the protest is over and we are making the change that needs to be made and we're living the life we need to live, I want to make sure that I am in a position to be able to provide mental health training to new clinicians and also mental health services to people who are going to need them when this is over and while this is happening. And so that's my contribution. And that's what I'm going to continue to do is bring educational information about mental health and how to make sure your mental health stays in check while you're living life. Because again, that's what I know I'm really good at and that's where I'm best suited to to help in these times. And so think about what can work for you. Sit with yourself and ask yourself a couple of questions. Number one, what is your why for doing this? What is the reason that that you want that you feel that you need to be out there? Is it because you personally feel that it is your duty to be out on the front lines or is it because you're worried about what someone might say? If it is not because it's a personal thing for you, then then you definitely want to make sure you're not out there because it needs to be because it is important to you. And then you want to start asking yourself, can I handle what that means. Can I can I be again a part of this or am I going to be a liability or a problem? And then lastly again, check yourself on doing any of this because you feel like it's your necessary duty. You want to do it because it is a belief and not a requirement. So I said in the beginning that I would make sure to touch on how this can be for the larger part of your life and not just related to the current events. And so think about times when someone in your life has needed support and you have been unsure of how to help them. This typically come, comes up when someone is either in the hospital or has passed and people will say, I'm just not sure what to do. I'm not sure what to say. The same things apply here. So you want to sit with what is in my skill set? What am I good at? What can I do to help someone that would be helpful to them and not a hindrance to them? And so we all have different things. I can think about a group of people that I know that when someone dies in the family, 
you can guarantee that they're going to be cleaning up the kitchen and cleaning up the rest of the house to make sure that the family of the deceased is not having to do any work for the next couple of days. And that's their role. They may not say anything else about anything going on, but you know for sure that they're going to show up with their cleaning supplies and make sure that that's done. We all can attest to seeing people who are always in the kitchen, right? We have those family members, those relatives or family members, same thing, that are always in the kitchen. You can guarantee that when you show up at an event, they're going to be in the kitchen doing something. That's their role. They have they learned a long time ago that that is their role. There are some people that their role is to just be the funny person of the family. So then that's their role. So when you think about this idea of roles, you want to think about, again, what am I good at? What do I know a lot about or enough about? What can be a help to this person? And what won't it won't cause me too much additional turmoil, money, or pain? And so, when you, again, when you're looking at life and looking at relationships and, and going back to we've talked about our tribes and we've talked about our people, look at things that way. Think about the other person because one of the things that we often do is we get stuck in, well, this is what I would want if I was the person. And so when you're thinking about ways to support somebody else and what your role can be, really think about what do they need, right? So do they need another person texting them saying, sorry about your loss? Or do they need another person texting them to talk about the same thing? Or do they need you to be the one who comes in and kind of breaks it all up and gives them a different perspective? So again, think about what's in your wheelhouse. What are you good at? what works for you, and let that be the thing that becomes your role in the lives of people around you. Now, we've talked about the you know the movement and we've talked about protesting, but again, when you're thinking about your personal life and, and how you interact with the world, look at it that way. I, have, I am one of several siblings and all of us bring something different to the table. You can guarantee that one of my sisters is the super responsible one. So she's going to make sure that all the stuff is taken care of in terms of did we pay the bills? Did we make sure that all the T's were dotted or crossed and all the I's were dotted? She's going to do that, hands down, no doubt. Then I have another sister that we can guarantee that she's going to be the one that we're going to have to be looking at to say like, okay, is she calm? Is she okay? Do we need to make sure she's not about to go off on someone? We all bring a role and we all do something. And the beauty of this too is if you are assessing your role and assessing your skills and you decide you want to do something else and you want to be something different, definitely do it because every day is a new day to start making something change in your life and being something different. Of course, it's going to take time. And if you have read my book or have heard me talk, then you know I am a huge fan of the 21 day method because I truly believe it takes at least 21 days to make or break a habit. So if you want to be have a new role because you've assessed yourself and you're like, mm, I don't like the role I've been playing in people's lives or I don't like the role I've been playing in this situation, then you identify how you want that to be, what you want that to look like, and then you start making the change for it. So making that kind of change, if you do decide that you want to make your role be different, it definitely will require you to take a deep look inside to see what is it that is driving this what what will get in the way that is going to be the biggest thing that you're going to have to spend some time on is what about my current situation my current thinking my current self-talk what about this is going to get in the way of me reaching this new goal or this new role i want to be and i want to display and so once you identify that 
then you can definitely start marching to your new your new role and start introducing yourself to people in the new way because you have to remember people that know you and have known you for a long time they know the you that you initially introduced they know the growth that you've had but they may not be they may not know this new you that is going to show up so you're going to have to definitely make sure you introduce that new person to them so that they can know like okay yeah so that used to be their role but now they've decided that they want to do this and I'm going to support them in that because it's important that we support each other as we try to grow and change. And, and that way they can help and understand what you're trying to do. And so as we come to a close, I want to make sure that I hit my second favorite topic when I'm talking about mental health, which is self-care. Because right now we are in a very, very tense time. There are so many people who are working to change the system, and there are just as many people who are working to keep things the same. Because change is hard, regardless to if it's good or bad, change is still hard. So I wanna make sure that we leave on things that you can do to help yourself. So we talked about in the beginning how prayer, and, and if you're a religious or spiritual person, how that can be helpful. But if you're not, things like exercise can help. Finding books that you could read can help finding movies that you like that just kind of give you a good feeling, something that's you know not necessarily making you think too deep, unless that is your self-care. For some of us, and I will be honest to admit that there are parts of me that still, as self-care, I love to read books to, to give me additional information. And so if that's your self-care, then you do that. For some of us, it's a nice cup of coffee or a nice cup of tea. Whatever it is that helps you refill and refuel that's what I want you to make sure that you increase during this time. Have a good one.